Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. It's time to groove with Groby with the all-time great and one of only two men to run for more than 1,700 yards and pass for more than 4,000 in their UA career. Finn takes it, cuts inside to the 10 to the 5, his score. Touchdown. Quinn Groby showing the great athletic ability, did it. His way. Current Razorback broadcast analyst, Quinn Grovey. Groovin' with Grovey is brought to you by Petty Jean Meats, bringing you the best smoked meats for over four generations. Ask for Petty Jean Meats and taste the difference. All right, let's go to him. Um, the, those stats I just threw out there, too, one of only two quarterbacks to do this and that. Uh, I don't know where KJ's at in the grand scheme of things, but he's got to be right there, I gotta think. <laughs> may have to change the open next year. Yeah, Quinn, we may have to update that. How are you? I'm doing good, man. And I, and I gotta tell you, I was listening in before y'all came to me, and I completely agree with Wes. And Justin, I know you, th- you that's gonna be hard for you to believe, but <laughs> I agree with Wes in, re- in, the, in regards to Ricky Council. I don't care how bad he's playing, you need it. You gotta have him because yeah. he's a he's a guy that can score for you, uh, and he can close a game out like he did last night. And then when I look at Auburn, I I, I don't like their guards at all. Wendell Green, Katie Johnson, I think that that's a winnable game for Arkansas. So, yeah, Wes, I, I'm on board with you on those two things you talked about from a basketball perspective because. Uh, yeah, I think we'll uh, be able to get another win on the road this weekend. That would be huge, certainly. Arkansas decided not to start 0-3 again this year in conference play, which was nice. <laughs> <laughs> so that's good. Um, all right, so let's talk about the national championship matchup and how we got here. Obviously, Quinn, two great games. You know, Michigan self-inflicted wounds in a couple of cases, but give TCU a ton of credit. And on the other side, Georgia escaped Ohio State with a missed field goal at the end. Oh, yeah, you're right. I mean – I didn't give TCU a chance to to, to win at all. And uh, they got out early, had some big plays, and was able to get a a lead and sustain it. Uh, Michigan was continued to come at them. I mean, you've got to give their quarterback, McCarthy, a lot of credit. He was was balling. And uh, I I think the the people at TCU made him eat a lot of words. I think Michigan was a little cocky coming into that football game, but – TCU was able to hold on, make enough plays, and uh, and get through that. I mean, the, that game was an awesome game. It was really a great game. I enjoyed watching it. And then you get to the Georgia game, and again, I was just like, I cannot believe Ohio State is is making these plays. You got to give their quarterback a lot of credit. Uh, he was making play after play after play, and somehow Stetson Bennett and this this offense found a way to to uh, mm-hmm. to get enough points. I mean. Georgia's defense was getting shredded. I mean, and I don't know who the, the, the little nickelback was for Georgia number 22, but every time I saw him run in there and not make a play, I was like, why is he still in the game? But uh, at the end of the day, uh, it gets to back to where everything we've seen over the last few years, an SEC team heavily favored in the championship game, and that's where we're at again. Quinn, you had to be excited about the quarterback play watching those two games. Take away, I know you can't just take away the two pick sixes that Michigan threw, but the quarterbacks for all uh, all four teams played really well and moved the team and did some some great things uh, from behind center. I thought it was awesome watching those quarterbacks. 
It was great. It was great because none of those football teams wanted to fold their tent. They wanted to continue to compete, and uh, those quarterbacks were making plays. I mean, everybody was really making plays. It was a offensive extravaganza, and uh, I enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun watching it. Uh, but now it's it's going to get down to the nitty nitty gritty uh, with TCU and Georgia. I mean, I see I see Georgia really uh, taking care. Of, I, I think Cinderella. It's it's midnight and it's it's going to be time for them to head on to the house. But that was a great weekend of football. One of the best I'd seen, just really from an offensive perspective and just from a uh, just an excitement perspective. Yeah, when you look at these teams, it was like defense became optional after the first quarter of the first game. And it was just – I mean, the two teams that lost each scored in the 40s. Who would have, you know, who would have thought that was even possible? I wouldn't have, would have never thought that. And, and, and I think when you look at a lot of these bowl games, I mean, it's defense has been really optional. And uh, I don't know if that has to do anything with like in the games before the, uh, the, the, the college football playoff with people opting out or what have you. But when you've got quarterbacks that can produce at a high level, that always gives you a chance. So like my wife is in this whole, uh, she was in this whole college football pool about picking teams. And I said, you need to do two things. One, you need to see if the quarterback is playing uh, and, and, and make sure that none of his receivers opted out. And if, if you do that, you, you pick the, you pick the team that has the quarterback playing and, and, and the wide receivers, and for the most part, I mean, that's, that's really worked out for you. But when you get to the college football playoff, I mean, it's, it's, it's been a high level of competition, man. It's been fun to watch, and it's good to see a team like TCU be able to compete at a high level because I think that that gives every other team out there, especially when you expand to a 12-team playoff, it gives you an opportunity to say, hey, we can make it. And uh, I think that gives hope to everybody. Can Arkansas take something from TCU as far as the portal and the success that TCU's had, especially defensively in the portal, and, and, and run with that and try to build a team? Because it looks like Arkansas is going to have to do that this year with the number of guys that they can still sign to get to 85. We were just talking to Richard Davenport, and I think they could sign maybe 13 more guys from yeah. the portal. That can make a difference on, on, the, on a team defensively like we've seen from TCU. Is TCU providing some kind of blueprint? No, I, you know, I, you know, I think that that's, I mean, that's a part of college football now. And I do believe that Arkansas subscribes to that theory. I think they understand that to get players in here, you, you, you're going to have to uh, go heavy on the portal. I think that's the way you can impact your team really quickly. I think Sam understands that. I think that that's something that he knows uh, can help him win football games right now. And, and when I look at Arkansas, I mean, I see Arkansas as one of those teams that players can say, you know what, I think this is a great opportunity for me to go play in the SEC, play for uh, a, a good school that I can develop and, and uh, try to ha have an opportunity to, to move on in my career. So, yeah, I mean, I think TCU did a great job with it, but I think other schools like in Arkansas – I mean, it's a great opportunity for them to uh, to continue to get better and put themselves in a position to be like a TCU. I believe last week we asked you about Arkansas's new defensive coordinator, but this week we got to ask you about Arkansas's new <laughs> co-defensive coordinator. What do you think about this move? Yeah. 
Well, I'm not sure. I mean, I, you know, I'm certain Sam is uh, making – he's connecting the dots. And when you look at Coach Williams and then being able to uh, to get the new defensive coordinator in as well, I think um, they have history. They have experience. And, I, and I'm sure Sam probably went to Coach Williams and said, look, we got to fill this spot. What do you want to do? And what is it going to take to get the person here that you uh, want here? And so – Maybe that's that co-defensive coordinator title. I know he's at Florida State. He was the passing game coordinator there uh, from a defensive perspective. So we'll see how it works. But I do know that in this business and just about every business you're in, it's all about word of mouth. It's all about people that you work with. And they they spent two years at Auburn together. And so bring somebody in that understands your terminology, understands your practice habits and what you're trying to do. And uh, I think it makes it a little bit easier when you're trying to get get student athletes to understand your defensive philosophy and then also getting the other defensive coaches to understand your defensive philosophy. It's good to have a spot where maybe you don't have to spend as much time. And I think that that's a big component to why Sam and, and Coach Williams made that decision. Quinn, we haven't talked about it yet, um, but I want to ask you about the move by Petrino to skate on Coach Odom at UNLV Ooh. and go and join <laughs> – a and M. It's uh, I mean, it's not unprecedented. We saw Chris Beard do it. He was in town for like a week and was like, "Nah, I'm good. I'm gonna go to Lubbock." Yeah. So, which that's the first time anyone's ever chosen Lubbock over Vegas. But that's an, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> How about College Station over Las Vegas? Also a good point. Uh, what what do you think about this, and how concerned should Razorback fans be? Well, I, I think I think all defensive coordinators in the SEC should be concerned. I mean, this is a guy who understands offense and he's 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 on a redemption tour i mean he's yeah. you know he's trying to figure out how to get back into the sec and uh and show that he's worthy the question will be is what is his ultimate goal what i mean i think he's 61 years old what is his ultimate goal does he want to be a head coach again what does he really want to do with the rest of his coaching football career but I, i'm interested to see how old jimbo is going to handle it i mean mm-hmm. because when, when people go after Jimbo, Jimbo, he gets that little high-pitched voice and he starts talking about different things. I I, I don't know how that's going to work. Yeah. Uh, but if if he allows Bobby to uh, to do what he does, clearly they're going to be successful. I, one of the things I was wondering, is that quarterback at uh, Missouri State right now, Is does he have Jason Shelley left? Yeah, I don't know where yeah. what Shelley's status is. He was an upperclassman. Yeah. I, know. I don't know if he's a senior or not. Okay. Well, that'd be that'd be interesting because I I could see something like that yeah. happening real quick because uh, I don't know uh, I, I'm not really sold on all the quarterbacks that they have Haynes King and mm-hmm. and all that so I think he'll be looking for a quarterback really really quickly. Shelly transferred. Gonna be fun to watch. Yeah, I'm guessing he's about out because he's transferred twice. He went to Utah and Utah State before oh, okay. he went to Missouri State, so I don't know that he's got okay. much if any left. Uh, let me shift your gears to the NFL for just a second here and. Uh, there's still a lot to be decided. In fact, Wes, I'm sure, is aware that the Cowboys still have an outside shot at earning the number one seed in the NFC. It's not likely yeah. that both the Niners and the Eagles lose, but it's possible, certainly. Brock Purdy and his team nearly went down last week, had to go to overtime, and then the Eagles obviously expected to play again without Jalen Hurts. So uh, let's start there. This weekend, yeah. what, do you, what do you do here, especially if you're the Eagles? And they're also talking about Lamar Jackson. Looks like he's going to be out again. And um, you know, there's and then you got KC who's got an easy path because Vegas is going to bench Carr and put in Stidham. At least I assume that's an easy path. 
What, what, car, car is gone. <laughs> yeah, that's right. What do you what do you do? Uh, yeah. What do you do if you're Philly this weekend? Do you think it's is it that important that you risk uh, Jalen Hurts, or do you leave him out and say we may not get the one seed, we'll live with it? Yeah, I mean Philly's been very very good. I think the way they play offense and defense, it can travel. But at the end of the day, when you can play at home, you want to play at home. So, you know, the Gardner Minshew experiment has been fun and exciting but it hasn't really resulted in in wins Mm -hmm. and so i i don't know how they're going to do that uh but i think philly can pack up and go on the road the question though wes is like if 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 dallas has to go like to tampa or something like Mm -hmm. that are you afraid of tom brady at this point in time or do you feel like a a team a tampa struggle like crazy they finally got it clicking I don't believe Tom believes in Mike Evans, even though they had a great game this past week. But do you you think NFC teams should fear having to go to Tampa in that scenario? My whole point with uh, the Cowboys in Tampa, the goal is to go to the Super Bowl, to win the Super Bowl for Dallas. If you can't go on the road and beat a Tampa team that's not even 500, you're, you're not a Super Bowl contender. Yes. Uh, the only reason I would be concerned at all about this game is because of their quarterback, but Dallas still should win this game. If they are who yeah. we think they I, are. I, yeah, I, I hear you, but, but I tell you, Tom in a, a one-game situation, boy, is really, really tough to deal with. So we'll see what happens with that. And and then AFC, I mean, Jacksonville and Tennessee, if yep. whoever wins that gets in, and the Bears are, like, packing it in, saying we're going to go ahead and sit Justin Fields and get the number one pick. So we'll see what happens with that, but who I'll you, be watching it all. Who do you like in the win and end games? You got Tennessee in the late game on Saturday, and then you got the Green Bay Detroit game on Sunday. Uh, yeah, look, Jacksonville is going to win. They got the better quarterback. Josh Dobbs is not going to get it done. I don't care how many times you hand it to Derrick Henry. And uh, uh, Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers, he came back. He said, everybody yep. relax. We're coming back, and uh, I'm going with the Packers. Jason Shelley is done. He started at Utah in 2017, redshirt. He played 18-19. 20 was a redshirt year, 21-22. So he's got six okay. years. I don't think they can find a seventh. You sure? Uh, COVID? <laughs> I counted COVID year. I think he's done. Yeah. All right, Quinn, we're done too. we got to run. I appreciate the time, my friend. Happy New Year to you. We'll talk to you next week. Okay, fellas. Take care. All right. Thanks to Petty G Mates. We appreciate Ed Ruff and the whole crew up in Morrillton serving it up, and we appreciate Quinn as well.